You're listening to Got Tech, the podcast with your hosts, Eric Geis and Nick Johnson. Welcome back to Got Tech, the podcast. This is episode 62 called 19 Google Chrome Extensions for Teachers. In this episode, we'll be continuing our G Suite series and talking about all the Google Chrome you need to be using today. These extensions have been broken into several categories, including productivity, video and screencasting, picture and animation, audio and music, feedback, organization, the teacher's wallet, and the Got Tech highly recommended. This episode is packed with tips and ideas and is one you don't want to miss. Check it out. I can't believe it. Episode 62. It's a gigantic number. I can still remember back to the days when we were impressed after 22 episodes. It's just crazy and extra exciting. This is really our first multi-episode series. This is, they think, the fourth out of five in our G Suite series, if you haven't been following along. Guys, how are you doing over there? And what do you think about this uh, this series we've been putting together so far? I'm doing well. I'm enjoying what we're doing. I think this is right in our wheelhouse. I think we like to explore new extensions. So this this uh, one thing about this episode is we try to pick ones that you haven't heard of. We, we're trying to explore new extensions because we've done a couple of extension episodes before and we do still stand by most of those uh, extensions. I know that there's a couple that are no longer with us, but you know, this is one that we went out there and we tried to find some that people may not know about or they're new to us and we haven't brought them on the show before. So that's pretty cool. And I really feel awesome about this series because it's teaching us a lot. I mean, you and I have brought up extensions that and and really tools all across G Suite that we use that we didn't know about before. And I think it's making our craft a little bit better just talking about them. Yeah, that's a great point. There's so many things changing all the time. So hopefully we were able to put together some new extensions for teachers today to sort of bring into their their craft and their practice or just generally when you're doing stuff online. And uh, before we get into those extensions, just a reminder, if you could do us a couple favors next time you're listening to the show or maybe this time when you're listening to to the show, subscribe to us, uh, subscribe to Got Tech, the podcast. You can find us pretty much everywhere. The best place, of course, would be Apple Podcasts. But if you're a Spotify listener, that's great too. Google, Stitcher, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, any of these places you can find us, give us a subscribe. It helps the show out a lot, especially if you're a fan. Um, and if you're a super fan, maybe take it to the next level and give us a review. That goes uh, the extra mile for Got Tech, the podcast. And we really appreciate it. As our listenership grows, the more people that share that for us, the better. And and going along with all that, of course, is tell your friends, spread the word. That's kind of the best way for these things to travel is, you know, if you like what you get on gottech.com or Got Tech the podcast, just kind of share it next time it comes up with somebody you're talking to professionally, who's also an educator, let them know that we are out there providing great content all the time. And I think with that, let's get into segment two, our Google Chrome extensions. You can follow Got Teched outside the podcast at gottech.com or on Twitter at WeGotTeched. 
Yeah, Google Chrome extensions. Before we do that, I mean, this is a rarity. We both have hats on. I just noticed this. I mean, I've seen you wear a hat before, but I have a hat today. Usually I get a haircut every like two weeks. It's been like three months now, maybe three and a half months. So I'm doing the respectful thing and and covering up, you know, what should be covered up right now, which is my hair, because it's ridiculous. It's clown hair. What's your excuse, Nick? Same thing? Yeah, I call it the COVID hair. I haven't had hair this long since I was in high school, and I'm trying to figure out what to do with it. I've debated going with the uh, the classic buzz cut, because that's something I could do from home. My wife offered to cut my hair, but I promptly turned that down. I'm sure it would end <laughs> terribly. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm with you. The best uh, the best course of action is to just throw a hat on and uh, and hope for the best. So that's where we're at. Both Geist and I in hats for this new video component of episode 62. All right. So I will tell you this. Uh, I'm very excited about the first one, even though you know productivity is not my category. That's clearly Nick's category. He's the most uh, organized person, which helps his productivity. But I'm really excited about this first one. It's called Add to Trello. And Add to Trello is an extension that is compatible with Trello, which is a separate, you go onto the web at trello.com and you can find Trello there. And it allows you to stay organized. And this is how Nick and I actually organize our ideas for Got Tech everything, our blogs, our our, uh, screencasts, our YouTube channel stuff, even the podcast episodes and and who we'd like to target as a guest on the show. Uh, So Add to Trello just basically allows you to surf the internet and anytime you find a resource that you like, you can add that website directly to Trello and keep it organized in there. So what I'm immediately thinking is we have a collection of extensions that we've gone over since episode one. If we put that collection into a Trello board and and it allows you to have several different, almost like lists across them. So if we had productivity as our first one, we could put in all our extensions that fit our needs for productivity under that category. And we could do that for every category that we go over today and some of the categories that we recently have gone over in previous episodes. It's a great idea. Trello's awesome. Any, I don't want to talk too much more about it because you did a great job there, but I do have to push it a little bit. Um, besides just add to Trello, uh, this new extension, anybody out there that's a list maker, you can, this is like the best digital list making tool that I've seen. And I can say that as a uh, very staunch list maker myself. So you got to got to check it out. It's very collaborative too. You can share it and multiple people can edit it. And that's really the next level piece that we were looking for when we wanted to stay organized. So my next one is start.me. All right. This is an extension that allows you to turn each new tab you open in Chrome into a personal dashboard. So the way that I can describe this is sometimes when you walk into schools, they have those digital bulletin boards or they have a TV up there that has the weather, the news flashing Um, there, maybe some pictures pop up and it's very personalized to the school. So really, this is doing the same thing for your Chrome browser. It allows you to open up uh, Google Chrome and some of the most common places that you go to on Chrome have their own icons there and it allows you to stay organized. You could put a tickers there, such as a a weather ticker and some other things to stay organized. But uh, start.me is definitely one to check out if you're looking for some type of personalized Chrome experience. The next one that I've got is similar to that too. So it's cool to mention them back to back. You could try both and pick whichever one you like best, really. Uh, My favorite though is called Infinity New Tab. Basically, I'm not sure if that's how they describe themselves 
themselves. But to me, it's like a new tab customization tool. That means anytime you open up a new tab in your Chrome browser, Infinity New Tab can kind of customize what that new tab will look like. Uh, so as simple as the wallpaper, you can choose all kinds of cool rotating backgrounds. So when you do open up that new tab, it's not just a blank canvas. It's sort of like, a I don't know, some kind of a themed picture will automatically populate that space. Um, if there's a certain search engine you like, for me, if obviously it's Google. You can set, so that always pops up immediately, which is a nice fast way to start finding whatever you need to in the browser. And there's lots of other things you can do there. It'll, um, one of the settings, whatever your most recently visited pages are, whatever websites you go to the most, it automatically puts them there as like icons. So you can just click and it automatically takes you there without any kind of searching or anything at all. And you can add in displays of to-do lists and other most visited sites. Uh, there's almost endless things you can set to add into your new tab. One of the features is called a speed dial, which is sort of like uh, I just described where it's all your most visited websites and you can just get there really fast with one click. So this is a really cool one. If you're not already using something like it, check out uh, Infinity New Tab. And then uh, another thing that I, I like to use a lot, I'm a huge PDF guy. I don't honestly know why, but I, th I think it goes back to maybe 10 years ago when you and I guys were first putting together websites for our classrooms. Everything I posted was always a PDF. And at the time it was just cleaner, neater, I knew the formatting wouldn't get messed up when it got printed out or if somebody made a copy of it. And I've kind of stuck with that uh, to this day. But if you're doing that, it can be a little bit more time consuming, right? You've got to go through the process of converting your docs or your Word or whatever to that PDF. But there's lots of tools that make this really, really fast. And one of them is called PDF converter tool. To me, this is the best PDF converter out there. It's one click to open it up, second click to do the conversion, and it really can change any file to a PDF. My favorite part is any PDF into a file. So, you know, even though we're a Google Chrome school, I still do most of my editing in uh, Microsoft Word or PowerPoint or Excel. And this can automatically take a PDF I find online and convert it into one of those formats for me. And I find that to be probably the most valuable part. That way I can, of course, edit it and make it my own from there. So PDF converter tool, great one for anybody who's also in the PDF conversion game. Yeah, I can remember when we initially made some of our biochemistry websites. Uh, I remember we put it on as a Google Doc and we had some students change our docs on there because this is, I mean, right at the beginning yeah. of, you know, G Suite. So I remember that being a big problem for you and switching over to PDF and you really haven't I think it's almost a chip on your shoulder a little bit. Like it's almost like you're you're afraid. It's your security blanket is a PDF. It's you're a hundred percent right. I am I'm terrified because of those experiences where people are going in and not even trying to edit it and make it their own, but just all my stuff got messed up and uh, it really bothered me. And, and to this day, I'm carrying that with me. So it is a chip on my shoulder, but I'm keeping that chip. I like it. So Nick Nick is one that. You know, he seems cool, calm, and collected, but if you really get him going, if you really get him going and you pick away like this PDF thing, I could probably get him flying up to the ceiling right now. If you start editing my Google Docs, we got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into the next one. The next one is video and screencasting. And I know what a lot of people are thinking. We're going to talk about screencast and Matic and Loom and all those good ones, but they are good extensions. But uh, I'm going to go a different way. And I actually used this the other day. It's called Chrome Audio Capture. And I was 
actually working on something in we video and i just needed like 15 seconds of introduction music and i wanted the same 15 seconds for the for the end of the video as well and uh i went to youtube where they had some stuff that i could download for free and use for we video but i didn't feel like going the whole method of going to a, a downloadable site putting in my email downloading it uploading it to we video trimming it to meet the 15 seconds i just use chrome audio capture i hit a button as the music was playing it captured that recording and then i hit stop i downloaded it and put it into we video and i was done so i skipped a couple steps and i think that's the big thing here is this will save you some time especially if there's a file that you know that is uh there's no like copyright restrictions on it and you you know that you could use it and you just have to not take as long i mean really it's it's just saving time and uh i, I just found it to be very beneficial so i'm going to keep this one in my collection just in case i run into any uh tunage that i might want for little projects like that yeah that's huge uh, a way to capture audio like that is fantastic but it's it is important to watch the copyright restrictions on audio like you pointed out uh, so just be careful kind of what you're using it for. But man, what a time saver that could be. And um, my next one for uh, video and screencasting is going to sound like one of those repeat listings. It's a, uh, that is Screencastify. There's a couple tools out there that I think are almost unanimously known at this point. And I'm pretty sure Screencastify is one of those, especially now with um, all the remote learning that's taking place at the end of the beginning of uh, 2020 here with the COVID. Um, it's how a lot of teachers are sharing content or providing feedback. There's a lot of stuff you can do with it, right? But the reason I brought it up is because Screencastify has a new feature that I think makes it worth mentioning in our list of you know new extensions here today, and that is uh, Screencastify Submit. Uh, Screencastify Submit, if you haven't heard about it yet, it's a place where you essentially create a link or a special page through Screencastify that allows your students to really quickly and easily submit a video that they make to you. So typically how you would collect student videos, if you are having them record themselves making a screencast is they download the extension, they'd use it to record whatever you ask them to do, whatever the project or the assignment is. And then probably like you would do with Screencastify is they share with you the link to the video they just made. Screencastify, all sort of Google embedded, right? So everything is in their Google Drive. So they just share the link with you and then you can watch their video via that link. Super easy. Screencastify Submit makes that even easier because now whatever video they create for your assignment automatically gets pushed to one location, almost like Flipgrid style, where there's a page where it goes. It's not sort of a, with a different idea in mind than Flipgrid, but that's what it reminds me of. Uh, so all their videos sort of get automatically submitted to this one spot. So they don't have you don't have to worry about them, you know, recording the video with Screencastify, but then sharing it with whatever your learning management system is, whether you've got Schoology or OnCourse, there's a ton of them out there, right? This sort of cuts that middleman of the learning management system out. So they're only using Screencastify for the entire project. And it actually is super easy. If you, if you check out some of the Screencastify resource pages, they've got a couple tutorials, really simple, all, all link-based. I definitely recommend trying it. If you're having students do work with um, 
you know, recording screencasts. Next level and awesome right there. Yep. That's a great one to add. Let's go into our next category, which is picture and annotation. So these two are going to be my favorites. And then Nick's going to probably try to trump me with one of his, but then I'm going to come back and tell you why mine's better. So the first one is explain and send screenshots. Explain and send uh, screenshots allows you to capture and record video of your screen and then annotate it basically with arrows and uh, circles and things like that. The best part about this is that it's the safest extension uh, with no crazy permissions. So I always look at EdTech and I put them into two categories. And I know this week we're talking teachers. So teachers could use whatever they feel safe with. But as for our students, we got to make sure that the policies are all in line and the privacy policies are all online. So this one doesn't have them sign in and there's no crazy permissions to access, you know, anything. So it's it's super safe. It's a quick and clean interface. You can take screenshots, draw arrows, circles, record a video, and even speak into the mic. So it's it's very safe and it does one thing and it does that thing well. That's my first one. The second one, I even like even more because when I take screenshots, I usually use the snipping tool. All right. But where the snipping tool comes up a little bit short is if if you're copying something, if you're trying to take a snippet of something that is larger than your screen, so you have to scroll down, you often have to take two different snippets and it just makes it look terrible. Well, with one click full page screenshot, which is a mouthful, uh, you can take screenshots of the entire website in one click. There's no sign up. So once again, keeping everything safe and it's super easy and fast. So you, you just click a button and you watch it do its thing and it takes a screenshot of the whole page for you. Now, once again, this is there, there's something that I have to throw out there. If you want to, if you want to pay for it, then you'd be able to crop that image. But I don't see this as a problem because you could easily throw it into any of the Google uh, apps, such as slides or drawings, and you could crop it from there. So I don't see that being a big issue. But that that is something that you have to be aware of. So get the free version, try it out, do a screenshot of the whole page, put it into Google Slides, crop it and you're off to the races. You're ready to go. Yeah, that full web page screenshot is huge. I've used it many different times if you're trying to you know, capture something that you can't view all at once on your screen. This is the answer to that for sure. So I love that one. Here's why I think mine is better. It's our third, I guess, sort of screenshot tool here. Um, it's called Awesome Screenshot. It says it all right in the name. So right <laughs> off the bat, <laughs> right off the bat, it seems better to me. It does all the things yours did, which is full page screenshots with one gigantic, gigantic uh, step ahead. And that is it also has a screen recorder for screencasting. So talk about adding in a different new screencasting tool beyond your typical Screencastify's Looms Screencast-O-Matic. Now, you know, the tool that you're using to take screenshots and screen caps with, you can also use to make your screencasts. This is really, really awesome. And it actually works pretty well. If you're not worried about all kinds of crazy editing, like you might be able to do a screencast-o-matic, awesome screenshot is a great simple way to do it. Um, you can capture all or part of any web page. Once you've got that capture, add in your annotations, comments. If there's certain things you need to blur out, a lot of the times I'll blur out, you know, the address bar or whatever. If I don't want the students to be able to see exactly what page I'm at or to sort of replicate that, you can blur out all those things. Here's another feather in its cap. It is the most 
most highly rated screen capture tool on Chrome, over 2 million users. But and I think a lot of, a lot of that is because of that screen recorder tool that sort of comes along with it. So awesome screenshots, the one for me. I'm not sure why you think one of yours is better than that. You said you were going to come back with some kind of an argument there. Uh, my only argument is that both of mine had something in there about privacy and safety of students. And I, I put those uh, type of tools above anything else. So uh, I'm not knocking awesome screenshot. I think it is awesome. And I think it's great for teachers to use. But I just like the fact that mine comes out and says that their their privacy policies are up to up to par. And I don't have to go into their private uh, privacy policies and uh, have to find that information. So, yeah, I mean, that's true, right? Because if it's if the privacy policies aren't there. Maybe then your students won't even be allowed to use it. So that is a pretty important one. But you can check out all three of those to see which ones uh, might work best for you. Our, uh, our next segment here is on audio in music tools. And this is maybe not so much for your classroom, although you might find a creative way to use it for that. This one's more just for your own personal life. It's, uh, you know, we're all, most of us at least are working from home now, teaching from home, pro- providing that remote instruction. So it's kind of strange. You're working and doing, you know, you're, you're educating in the same place where you wake up and get ready and eat breakfast and cook dinner and watch TV at night, all within the same small boundary. It kind of gets monotonous. So any way you can break that up and keep your sanity, it's worth it to me. So there's a tool I've been using called Tune You Radio. Uh, with Tune You Radio, you can listen to thousands of worldwide high quality radio stations. I like it because you're doing it right through your computer, which you've got up all the time anyway. So why not use this extension to provide some, some music to yourself that's different? Um, the reason I like it, and I am a Spotify user for music a lot of the times too, but what it provides me beyond that is the worldwide component. You can listen to radio stations from countries literally around the world and you can hear some really strange stuff and if you're trying to change up your environment and spice things up this is definitely a way to do it you can browse by genres you can discover new radios and it sort of selects uh, your favorite stations as well once you sort of get some listening habits down there so tune your radio it's a pretty cool one yeah i mean music is a huge part of a lot of people's lives so to make it very easy for you to bring into your Google Chrome, you know, browser. That's that's fantastic. All right. So the next category is one of my most important categories in teaching. I will put it up there as number one when it comes to learning, and that is feedback. We've gone over several different uh, feedback extensions in the past, and I encourage you to go back to some of our previous episodes. But today, really, we're going to get one in this section. And it's kind of a creative way of using it as a feedback tool. This one is called Giphy for Chrome. And really, that's just a, a big library of all the GIFs that are out there that you can find on the Chrome browser when you do a GIF search. And it allows them to be right there. And then you can add them to emails or put attach them to Google Docs or something like that as feedback. So if you have Carlton dancing because the kid did an amazing job on their project, I I see that as a fun way to provide feedback to your students more of a personalized approach to it. Yeah, I love Giphy. It's definitely got, there might be a bigger database out there, but I, I would doubt it because it just is the is the spot where so many of the newly created GIFs sort of get, get added and lots of other GIF creation extensions 
they'll automatically dump their gifts to Giphy as the storehouse for them. So it's a really cool one to use. And my next one, I mentioned earlier, big time PDF guy, an organization tool that can help you with this PDF creation in a very special way is called Print Friendly and PDF. Its name has two things in it because it does two things. And the first one is kind of the best part about it. If you've got a website, let's say you're going to CNN and you want to print out an article or share an article with your students, but you don't need them to see all of the ads, all of the, uh, you know, the navigation tools, all the junk that gets it's added to most web pages, how a lot of these web pages make their money. It's great for them, but you don't need your classes to see that. Uh, print friendly in PDF can automatically remove all of that stuff. So it uh, makes it a much cleaner, neater, much shorter version of that article before you print it. So this is great if you are doing paper copies. Um, you save a lot of paper because you don't have to print all these images and, and ads and everything else. Um, if you are sharing the digital version of this, then you can take that condensed sort of cleaned up article and it automatically turns it into a PDF for you for easy sharing out to the class. So this is this is a really nice one. I always say that I like tools that do one thing and do it really, really well. This is a tool that does two things, but it does it really, really well. And it's super useful. So print friendly in PDF. It's a good one. Yeah. So I have to say a couple things about that one. Uh, first of all, sometimes the pictures are relevant and you want the pictures to stay in the article. When you go to clean up a website, say you're, you're on a website and there's an article there and sometimes they put ads and stuff. You hover over the ad and it has a big X arrow and you click on it and it, it does away with whatever you just X'd out. So you can keep certain things. It's not like it's going to just strip it down to text only. So I had to throw that out there. And I could tell you, I use this in bioethics all the time. I would go to CNN for some current events and oftentimes on the right side, it has like a whole bunch of other different articles there. And maybe it's talking about things I don't really want to expose to students, certain violent crimes and, and things like that. That has no sense of being there. So I would use a uh, print friendly PDF for that purpose to clean those up. And it is an awesome one. I will admit that our next extension is one that we have mentioned before, but I'm bringing it up because We've been getting a lot of questions about password protection and how to keep all your passwords straight and, and all that good stuff. And I will tell you that LastPass does a great job at doing this. It's very secure. It's a password manager. It's a form filler. It's basically there to reduce the headache of managing multiple user accounts and passwords. You go to one site. It has to be eight characters, capital letter, lowercase letter, and at least a number. You go to the next one, you need to add a special character. You go to the next one, it has to be at least 12 you know, pieces long. So just put it in LastPass and you'll be good to go there. So I do want to bring that one up. It is a repeat, but it's phenomenal. I will tell you that I just hooked up my wife on to LastPass ever since uh, COVID-19. We started using the giant, what is it? the direct groceries or I, I don't even know. It's curbside pickup. And uh, she always has the order on her computer. So it's under her email and password. And I asked her, hey, what's your password? I'd like to add to the order. And, you know, she's at work. So she's like, I don't know what it is. And I was like, well, that's not helping me out any. So as soon as she came home, I hooked her up with LastPass and and now uh, we don't really need to worry about it too much uh, because as long as we're on the same page, it's good to go. Might as well get into the next one. This one's called Teacher's Wallet because we want to put some fundage back in your wallet. All right, we're saving dollar bills, y'all. The first one is Camelizer. Camelizer is an extension for online shoppers. Uh, you'll want to check it out. Camelizer allows you to basically see the trends 
in the prices of products that you want. All right. So for for one, I broke one of my Yeti microphones and it's my favorite microphone to do screencasts. All right. So I broke it by tripping over the cord and it fell down and now it doesn't work. So I wanted a new one. So I went on to Camelizer. I had the Camelizer extension up there and it, it only runs when there's a reason to run. That's another reason why I like this. Uh, so it's going to save your computer a lot of resources. But I went on to a couple of different sites and I wanted to see when the price of the Yeti microphone dropped. And lo and behold, at the end of every month, it was showing a price drop on certain websites to a point where I could not refuse. So it was the middle of the month. So I sucked it up for a couple of weeks. And then at the end of the end of the month, when the price dropped again, I saved, I think like 19 bucks on something that cost, I think it was 90 typically, uh, or 109, but I got it for 90 or something along those lines. So the Camelizer, check it out, save a couple bucks, put it in the pocket and use it for something fun. Yeah, that's really cool. And, and the next one that I've got is similar to that also in this uh, teacher's wallet category, besides waiting out to see when prices drop, if you're ordering stuff online, you should never do that, right? Without doing a quick search for coupon codes. Anytime I order anything online, no matter what the store, I just Google coupon codes for blank and chances are pretty good. You can find, you know, something out there to knock off a couple bucks, um, but it takes time, right? Well, there's an extension that will pretty much do that for you. It's called Honey and Honey must be getting to be pretty, uh, pretty well used because I actually saw a commercial for it on TV the other night. We were watching something and it popped up and I was like, oh man, that's Honey. We've actually been mentioning this for a couple years now, uh, but it's still around. It's getting bigger and bigger. Basically, when you go to buy something online using the Honey extension, it'll automatically search for these coupon codes for you. So you don't have to take that time out to do it. Sometimes I'll forget to do the coupon code search or I'm just not really in the mood. I'll just say, yeah, whatever, I'll pay full price. Uh, but you know, Honey sort of takes care of all that stuff for you. So Camelizer and Honey, really great uh, money saving tools there. I got to tell you my best uh, honey saving experience. My nephew, he wanted a laser tag set of four. So he's a couple neighbors, four of them are inseparable and he wanted to play two on two laser tag. So I went on to, to Amazon, I believe it was, and the laser tag set was like 225 bucks or 250 bucks or something like that. Wow. And after using honey, I got it for like 150. And I was just like, yeah, that's like 50 to 100 bucks back in my pocket. I'll take it all day long. So, I mean, it's not always like a couple of bucks. Sometimes, you know, it could get you some some good coinage back. I think that's, that's like the fifth term I used for money. <laughs> <laughs> during this segment. Impressive. All right, so let's go into probably my favorite category of the day, other than feedback, which is uh, the highly recommended. And we have Geis's highly recommended, and we have Nick's highly recommended. And we took these in two different directions. I understand Nick's direction, but I also understand mine. So the first of two Geis highly recommended is Moat, M-O-T-E. And uh, this is an extension that is new. Uh, this extension is fantastic, and it allows you to provide personalized feedback to your students. All right? So you can use this in Google Docs, Slides, and Sheets. And what you do is you add a comment, 
And what it does is it records your voice and it also provides a transcript of what you're saying. So it allows you to get your message across to students in two different ways. So initially, I believe it was made for corporations for them to have easy ways to communicate. But I think they did something very smart and they realized that education has a significant use for this and they do this extremely well. This tool is fantastic. They're constantly making improvements. Initially, it was for teachers uh, in those corporations, and now they even passed it down to students. And the best thing, and this has been my trend throughout the whole episode, is they're doing it with the students' privacy in mind. So they protect. They say, we're not going to touch anything of students as far as information up to the age of 18, and that is huge. So basically, it's an extension that it's a game changer. It's going to take place of some of the ones that we named in the past that are slowly becoming outdated or unsupported. So check out Moat. Go online. If you have something that you want to see with Moat for improvements, go online, go onto Twitter and follow them on Twitter. I believe it's at the Moat. So check them out. That is my first one. Fantastic for feedback. The second one is called Panic Button. And I'm kind of telling this one for two reasons. One, because it is kind of cool. I remember uh, I needed something like this. I'm a big fantasy baseball guy. I love statistics. I love fantasy baseball. And uh, my wife would catch me on my phone or on my computer when when I'm saying I'm really working, but I kind of have the fantasy sports in the background. A panic button allows you to hit one button and it will temporarily get rid of everything that's on your screen. So that's how I would use it. But I'm telling you this because this is how your students are going to use it too. So I'm giving you a heads up there. That's an added bonus. And so with the click of the button, they could all go away. But the cool thing about this one is the click of a button, they all can come back. So you don't need to go back and open up all those uh, tabs again. You have them uh, just by clicking another button. So keep that in mind. When you see the panic button extension on some of your students' Chromebooks or whatever they're using, they're probably playing with you a little bit. And this is a very cool way of kind of getting ahead of that. And if you could ever catch a student doing it and you know that they're doing it, and then you know the shortcut to bring all those tabs back, just to watch their face, to see their face kind of hit their desk, you know, their jaw drop. I think that's worth the price of admission. So that one's panic button. Yeah, panic button, super cool. I like how uh, you can keep it to yourself mostly, but then also be prepared if you ever see your students trying to uh, take advantage of it. So that's, that's a great one. And uh, you're right, I did take a different approach with my highly recommended selections. Um, I guess not so much related to uh, teaching, but more just staying connected. It's a as we've mentioned over the past few episodes, a strange time, everybody working from home and and you need to find as many ways as possible to stay connected, whether that's with your students on one of the, you know, the chat tools that we can use like Zoom or Google Meet or even just in your personal life. Um, a lot of the ways that we've been hanging out with people up until stuff, you know, has started to open up recently or will be opening up soon is just online. Um, well, there's a thing called Netflix Party. If you haven't heard about Netflix Party yet, it allows you to watch Netflix remotely with your friends, taking the place of, you know, getting together to watch a movie or a TV show in the same room where you can all laugh and talk about it. Netflix Party is a Chrome extension that does that for you, but in a long distance kind of way. So it Really all it does is it synchronizes the video playback on whatever show people are watching from different locations via Netflix, which is a sort of like a workaround for watching it together, of course. There's also a group chat feature that you can pull up. It sounds kind of weird, and I have tried this myself a couple times. It's 
strangely fun to do it in this way, at least in the absence of being able to do a similar thing in person. So I really like Netflix Party. At least give it a shot once or twice and see if it's for you. And then um, the other one I found sort of similar to this is called House Party. House Party calls itself a face-to-face social network, but it's just about connecting with people in a different way. Um, So if you can imagine maybe you're browsing online, doing something on Chrome. If you have House Party, it will let you know if you have friends that you've selected um, who are also doing the same thing. And if, if they are also using House Party, it will tell you that when and if they are online so that you can quickly sort of open up a, a, a chat or a video chat if you want and talk to them. Um, and it tells you kind of who's online, who's not while you're doing other things so you can sort of keep track of people. And again, it's not a replacement for seeing people and chatting in person, but kind of a fun way to make some of those connections that you can't make like you used to when you're going to work every day and sort of had the, this increased freedom. So hopefully those two things will help your personal life stay intact a little little bit Netflix party and house party check both of them out yeah uh, house party is awesome I've used this with our family a lot uh, my wife's brother is from California we have another one in New York most of my family is a couple hours away in Pennsylvania so what we do is we do house party which has games kind of like Pictionary it's not called Pictionary called like avocado and something else but they have these names for them and there's one like apples to apples that you can play and, and keep score and stuff like that and while you're FaceTiming, basically, during the whole thing. So that's pretty cool. Uh, we also have been playing Catan online, which is awesome. That's a great game. And the last one that we've been doing is Scategories, and those are on different sites. But, I mean, I don't think this... I, I like this way of communicating with people that we don't see every day. We would never... We FaceTime with our... Uh, my brother-in-law like once every two weeks you know regularly or now we can do this much more often and have a little fun doing it so i really like both of those two i think it especially in the time that we're in right now i think they're majorly a relevant piece of technology that we can use to kind of keep everyone's spirits high and everything like that yeah really super important and um that's also it for uh, episode 62 our teacher extension selections for google chrome remember uh we've got one more episode of this series coming up in episode 63 where we'll do the same thing teacher extensions but this time uh purposefully select things for your students so stay tuned to check that out as you're doing that remember you can follow the show on twitter uh guys you can find him at guys got Tech. Myself, you can find me at Nick Got Tech. And if you want to just follow the show in general, that's at We Got Tech. And I, I can't recommend enough if you haven't gotten into the Twitter game that you go check it out. Uh, especially some of these Twitter chats that are taking place. Uh, I'm a newcomer to the Twitter chat world. I know it's been going on for a while, but there actually is a lot of great learning that happens there. We have a Twitter chat. It's called hashtag edumentor. It's Wednesday nights at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So you can log into Twitter every Wednesday at that point to follow along with the questions and answers and even sort of get in on it. Hopefully share some of your own thoughts to the prompts uh, that we're posting there. And it's it's gotten a lot bigger in the past couple of weeks. So I'm excited to see where it goes. And there's lots of these chats and there's lots of you know other places that sort of compile the lists of chats that you can find. One that we like is one of our former guests, uh, Charity Dodge. He hosts a chat called hashtag BL 
in action that stands for blended learning in action tuesdays at 8 p.m guys i know you're a little bit more involved with that one than i am but it's another great one to check out did i get the time right on that 8 p.m correct 8 p.m on tuesdays yeah and charity's great just a wealth of knowledge in the blended learning and ed tech world uh, other spots check us out on youtube got tech the podcast all our stuff is there youtube channel um as well as of course gottech.com and any of the other places you listen two podcasts. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to Got Tech, the podcast. Remember to subscribe to our show and follow us at We Got Tech on Twitter so you can stay up to date with the latest episode releases, blog posts, product reviews, and PD announcements. You can also follow Geis and I individually at Geis Got Tech and at Nick Got Tech on Twitter or on Instagram at Nick Got Tech. Finally, remember to check out our website, gottech.com, where we post all our episodes, articles, and resources available to you for free. Until next time.